Hey everybody, and welcome to episode number two, Coming Up for Air, of the Mental Health Marriage. This is a podcast for the spouses and partners of those who are mentally ill. I'm your host, and for the sake of my husband's anonymity, you can call me M. As the spouse of a man with bipolar 2, I will share my story, my struggles, and my insights with you. And I hope to build a community where we can all laugh and cry together at the paradox and irony that mental illness can be, and help each other keep it together and thrive despite the major setbacks. I believe we create our futures and that we can make better lives for ourselves and our families. So I got some really great feedback from episode one from a lot of people and I wanted to make sure and get out a second episode as quickly as I could so that you don't lose hope that this is a project that's going to be continuing. I will say, embarrassingly, to to start this off, I still am building up the equipment that I need to do this podcast the right way, so I'm still pretty pretty beginner in my setup and before I'm able to start doing interviews with other people there's a couple things I need to buy that are I've at least decided what I'm gonna buy I just haven't bought so within the next two weeks I actually do have a couple of interviews lined up with with some guests who've got some really interesting perspectives so I hope it's okay that it's just me in this episode number two even though you've already heard my story so just to keep the the juice is flowing here. I just was going to give you an update on what the last month has been like for me. And I think it's actually really encouraging. So this is a this is a positive episode. So but I do want to give you the background of we we actually had just it was mostly a frustrating month, but it's starting to look really hopeful now. So sometimes things can get better really quickly. About a month ago, My family, so my husband and my two daughters and I, we went to a theme park that's near us. It's three hours away, so we had to travel, and we decided to stay overnight in a hotel so that we could go to this theme park. And my husband was talking about this all summer. I think one of the things that he does when he doesn't feel well is plan future events that are fun. And this is really positive in my mind because he didn't used to do this. I think part of it is that we actually have some money now, so that helps. <laughs> um, but also, I, th- I think it's good for him to be able to have positive things to look forward to in the future. If any of you have listened to The Hilarious World of Depression, it's an awesome show. Go look it up. It's one of my favorite podcasts. But I remember someone said they were feeling really suicidal once in their depression, but they had Billy Joel tickets. <laughs> And so that was something to look forward to. And so for that reason, they just kept pushing through. And that sounds so trivial, but stuff like that to look forward to and hold on to can really help you try to keep your head above the water. So back to my story. We were going to go to this theme park, and my husband was so excited. And I think I was inwardly skeptical because I just know him. Travel is not... He doesn't do well with travel because it throws him off his routine and... It can be a challenge. So we get to this theme park, and he was so negative all day. I don't think he realized it, but every single word that came out of his mouth was just commenting on how something was wrong with something or this or that. And sometimes I let stuff like that roll off my back, but it bothered me to no end that day. I was just like, why did we even come here and spend the money? I would have been happier staying home and working, honestly. And I felt bad for, I was negative towards his negativity, so it's like neither of us were in a good place. I hope my kids had fun. 
I did go on a roller coaster, which I love roller coasters. That's one of my favorite things, but I haven't had the chance to go on a big one for a number of years. And I went on a really big roller coaster and I got on and I forgot that sometimes you feel fear for your life (laughs) on some of these things. So it was really fun and exciting and I felt like I was 18 again and that was really fun. Side note, I did go on that roller coaster by myself, which for me, sometimes I have martyr moments. Like whenever I do something alone, I'm like, well, I'm the only one who ever has to do things alone. All the other wives are doing this with their husbands. And I go on a lot of road trips by myself, partially just because my husband, he's working for one. And if I miss my family or my friends, then I'm just going to go see him. Back when we lived closer to family, my family still lived four hours away, so I would just take my, my daughter and go on little road trips by myself. And So I think part of this is fine. I'm actually kind of a lone wolf in some regards. I I like just the feeling of freedom and just the spontaneity of getting up and going to do something. And my husband's a little more of a structured person, and obviously the illness makes that so much worse. So anyway... I I tend to be a martyr, though, sometimes, like, everybody else is with their husband, and I'm here by myself, and I kind of can, I'm really good at throwing myself a pity party about it, Uh, (laughs) but I don't think that that's, I think I go straight to blaming that on bipolar, like, if he was well, then he would be here, and we'd be BFFs all the time, I think that's kind of a lie, I've realized, There are many times when the other person isn't able to always be there with you. They don't always like the same things that you like. They don't always like your friends. I mean, this is just really normal married person stuff, and I think sometimes I tend to make it about mental illness, and that's probably not fair. So I've I've come to accept the fact that I'm cool doing stuff by myself, or I'm fine showing up to an event where there's other other couples and I go by myself. Because for me, I know myself well enough to know that I am a social person and staying home and doing nothing is worse than going somewhere alone without my spouse. So I know this about myself and I've come to accept it. I also have ambitions for a lot of European travel in the future. And I hope that there can come a day where my husband is able to do this with me. But I also have a backup plan because... Maybe he won't. Maybe he will never be that well that he won't have a total breakdown after a trip like that. I mean, he gets, like, jet lag if there's a time change of one hour. So <laughs> he's never he's never visited another country, really, and he's never had to fly overseas. I've done it quite a few times, and I do great. So if he's not ever able to do that with me, I have a best friend who will. So that's another example of I'm not going to bl- I'm not going to let go of my dreams for the sake of his mental illness. Like I'm just going to find a way to do the things that I really want to do. And it may not be in the original way that I planned, but I'm just I'm not going to I'm not going to resent him for never going to Paris or you know what I mean? It's it's up to me to make those things happen. And I would love it if he would be able to, you know, he would love it too. That's the sad thing. He would love to do that with me and I hope that we can get him stable enough to where he can. But when he can't, it's okay. And he he's pretty understanding. So back to our theme park adventure. It was pretty much a terrible day. <laughs> and he wanted, for some reason, to stay at the park a little bit longer. We had planned to drive home that same evening. So we were going to stay at the park and then make the three-hour drive home. And then he had work the next day. 
So I was kind of like, this is feeling like the perfect storm because if he doesn't get enough sleep, if he doesn't have time to do his bedtime routine, then he's not going to sleep and then he's going to just spiral. I mean, he wasn't doing well anyway, so it's just like, this is a recipe for you not sleeping and for you being really depressed and I am not looking forward to any of it. But he convinced me to let us stay way later than we planned at the park. So we were driving home at like 9 o'clock at night, which is another annoying thing to deal with because all adult, quote, normal people are fine driving at 9 o'clock at night. It's actually really convenient because your kids fall asleep and you can have some peace and quiet. But for him, if it intervenes with the nighttime routine, he's screwed. So we get home really late and he... So he doesn't ever, ever use caffeine because caffeine and sugar tend to exacerbate the manic cycles of bipolar for him. I know this is very common with sugar. I don't know how any of you other bipolar people out there react to caffeine, but for him it seems like it either does nothing or it just sends him into a fit of anxiety pretty much. But for some reason, he thought it would be a good idea to have a little bit of Diet Coke, which for me, a Diet Coke wouldn't even touch me. So <laughs> so I don't understand how this happens in his body. But it did. So the Diet Coke pretty much sent him into a manic phase that lasted for like a week. So he didn't sleep for a week after this. And I was already mad at him because of what a jerk he was at the theme park. Strong words, I know. I feel bad. But, and then he goes into this manic phase, which after the, I guess it's hypomania, but after the hypomania, he then went into a deep depression, and that has been what the last month has been like for us. And I tell you, the last month, I'm like, so when did we go to the theme park? Was that like six months ago? (laughs) Oh, it was just a really long month, you guys. It was just like every day was so suckingly, I mean, I was okay for the most part, but just having him in the house when he's that low is like a black hole that sucks your energy out. And so it's really hard to function normally in that environment. And I definitely was to the point where I was losing my patience with him. I, when he's really bad in the mornings, For some reason, that's just really hard to deal with because I'm not a morning person. So if I had somebody who was really chipper and like, good morning, dear, you know, just even doing anything remotely nice for you in the morning, that would just really make my day. But instead, I have to wake up to black hole of sadness and it's rough. Now, let me say as a side note here, I have my eyes have definitely been opened more than ever in the last month. I'm in this support group for spouses of people who are bipolar, and I am aware that there is so much abuse that happens verbally, even physically, and people being so manipulative. And it's really sad and hard to hear, and I know that a lot of you might be in situations like that, so hearing me complain about my husband not saying good morning to me, you're probably rolling your eyes. (laughs) So I'm sorry. I, boy... I do need to remember that even when when he's really depressed and I'm doing all the work, I really am grateful that he does manage to try to contain his black hole. He tries to keep it to himself, which is sad because part of me wants to be like really open and intimate with him, 
in the way we communicate, but sometimes when he's that bad, I'm like, you know what, I'm just going to go do me for a while, and you can do you, and I hope you pull out of this soon. See you in a month, honey. Like, that's really what it feels like. So, yeah, every situation is different, and there is a lot of really sad stuff that happens, and knowing how emotionally scarred I was over the worst years, I can only imagine there are definitely people who have it much worse than I ever had out there. So if that's you, you're who we need to hear from because it feels so good to have someone else tell about their experience and it's like you could have said it because you've gone through the same thing. There's something so healing about knowing you're not alone. It's it's amazing. So I appreciate those of you who've reached out to me. I am not doing a great job of staying on point today. <laughs> I even have notes in front of me. I'm so sorry. But anyway, so after this month-long manic hypomania that turned into a depression, and in the meantime, I feel like my husband's not sleeping or eating at all, and I'm so worried about him, and I'm worried he's going to lose his job, and it was just not not easy. And there was some weather trouble. Us in the western United States, there was a lot of fires this year, so the month of August, I felt like I didn't even see the sun, so I gave away what region of the country I'm from, but <laughs> anyway, um, but this last weekend, suddenly, seemingly out of the blue, I had my normal husband back. It was like overnight. He woke up, and he ate breakfast with all of us, and he planned all these family activities. We had a three-day weekend together, and the weather was perfect, and he was chipper. And I always know he's doing better because it's almost like all the months of not talking, he feels the need to be super chatty with me all of a sudden. And I am terrible because it kind of is irritating because <laughs> I get used to him not talking to me. So I kind of like get sucked into my own projects and my own thoughts and and then suddenly he's like, you're not listening to me. You're not listening to me. I'm talking to you, blah, blah, blah. And it's, it's sort of like in a needy way. But at the same time, it's like, oh, yeah, I actually do want my husband to talk to me and tell me things. So I have to, like, put my phone away and really try hard to listen. He got mad at me a few times this weekend for being a bad listener. I'm like, okay, well, you sort of trained me to be this way. I shouldn't blame you. But anyway, that's how I know he's doing better is he gets super chatty. And so we did a lot of talking this weekend. We spent some time outdoors with our kids. He was an adorable dad. He did a bunch of fall crafts with my daughters and they were just like so in love with him. And it was just really fulfilling. And I felt like the title of this episode was coming up for air. And that's really what it feels like. You're like, oh, my life is really good sometimes. And this is why I still try. This is why I stay. And even having this three-day weekend, if things don't stay good, I've had a recent memory of what it's like when things are good, and that's, that can really propel me through the times that are tougher. So I'm hoping that you listeners know what I'm talking about. There really are times of reprieve when when things are better, and it seems like it seems random because he he is on lamictal and lithium right now, and he's he takes a number of different sleep medications, but it's a struggle because they seem to temporarily work and then they stop working, and if he doesn't take them, his other mood stabilizers seem to work a little better, so that's always a really tricky equation. But anyway, he's still working on getting the correct dosage of both of those, and so I don't know if he's doing better suddenly because 
the dosages are finally kicking in, or I don't know if it's because he really needed a three-day weekend and he was burned out from work, or all of the above. So it's like, hey, if I knew what the equation was, we would make this happen more often because it's so nice to have the real you here with us. And he went off to work this morning really seeming so normal and so good. He was even talking about, sometimes he talks about wanting to quit his job and wanting to not do what he does anymore. And this week he was talking about how he's happy to stay and all this stuff. So I think this is an idea I've had that some of you might want to try out. Sometimes when they're really bad, they say things and it may not be realistic. So he'll he'll say really negative things that are really discouraging or he'll say stuff like, I've felt terrible every day for a year. But I think it would be really useful to actually have a mood tracker. You can, I'm sure there are apps that you can do this with. And so just check in once a day. So tell me how you felt today on a scale of 1 to 10 or you know, even just tell me a positive emotion that you felt today. Tell me something negative health-wise that you're feeling. So you can actually have a scientific thing to go look at. So when they tell you, I've felt terrible every day for a year, you hear that and you feel so discouraged and let down, but then you can actually, sorry, my daughter's yelling at me to turn the TV back on. (laughs) Um, you can hear the truth. You can, you can look at what you've actually recorded and you can say, all right, that's the depression talking. He hasn't actually felt terrible every day for a year. He, he has had a couple pretty bad months, but there have also been really wonderful times in between. And overall, it does look like he's progressing. And this is also a really powerful tool that you could use in communication with their doctors or even if if there ever came a time when they needed to be considered for disability or anything like that, like having a record of what goes on day to day with their illness is it's useful in so many different senses. So I think I'm going to start doing this because I've, I've gotten a little better at this. Like when they say something, I don't know how seriously I should take you. If there's ever talk of suicide, you always take that seriously. And that is no joke ever. So I, I'm sure all of you know that, but If there's ever any talk like that, that is, you seek professional help immediately. But for him, it's like, yeah, he does the overgeneralizations a lot. Anyway, so things are better now. I'm feeling hopeful. I actually like my husband right now, and he left, and I'm like, oh, I'm going to miss him today. Some days it's like, go away, go away, dark cloud. So it was nice to have have someone to miss today. So I was wondering, what what does better look like to you guys? What, what are kind of some of the signs that you're pulling out of a hard phase? And what, how do you enjoy that more? I've noticed with myself, things do get good. And I want to live in the moment and really suck that in and enjoy it. But I think it's very typical for us spouses of people who are mentally ill to take everything with an air of cynicism. Like, oh, go, well, you're nice today. I can't wait to see what a jerk you're going to be tomorrow. <laughs> or it's, it's hard not to say, I don't know how long this good time's going to last, so it almost ruins the present. So I definitely do not want to ruin the present because in the present where they are doing well, I feel like that's the real them. And you need to give the real them 
the best of you and the best of your love and they can actually reciprocate in those moments and then when it's not going well anymore you can think on those good times with fondness and use it as a piece of hope instead of just having everything be so dark and cynical it's like you can dwell on those good pieces no matter where you are on the roller coaster so i i really ought to keep a journal of good moments from my husband remember when he did this that was really great remember when we did this as a family this year that was really beautiful and i felt like i really had made the right decision in staying in this marriage and it just seems like everything is right and they can be really little moments. I remember a moment from a couple of years ago when things were honestly really terrible. And it was it was when I shared we had just moved, but we one day it was the it was my sister who passed away. It was her birthday. And I wanted to do something special on that day to remember her and we decided to go to the movie theater to see Moana because my sister loved Disney movies and I love them too. It's definitely a family thing. So she loved Frozen, so I knew that if she was still alive, she would have been all over Moana. So my family and I went and saw Moana in the movie theater, and I just kind of had one of those moments where everything was right, even though it felt like everything was wrong. I I knew I was in the right place, and I felt so grateful that my family was still intact. And I still think about that day on bad days. Like, it felt so good to be together that day. And he was not doing well that day. It's not like it was some magical thing, but I just had a moment like that. So hold on to those moments if you have them. And if you don't have them, maybe that's a good sign. I definitely don't want to be telling anybody what to do with their lives. That is not my intention of this podcast. But I do want us to all be thoughtful and intentional in the decisions that we make because we can't really control our spouse's mental illness. I think there's a ton we can do that can help, but it's not our battle. It's it's our spouse's battle to deal with. And our job is to handle our own emotions and handle our own lives. So I think I think we need to be we need to imagine the best po- possible future for ourselves and for our families. What does that look like? Who is there? What kinds of things are we doing? Like really visualize it like it's real. Like what does my best family life look like? And the answer maybe will surprise you or maybe you approach it with that air of cynicism and I I think it's good to question that cynicism. Like why do I feel this way about it? And I understand that it's hard to do this because I think we turn into realists or cynics, like I said. But I think we really, we can't let go of the dreamer inside of us. We need to be able to imagine a better future if we're ever going to create it, because everything starts in our mind. So I just try to imagine the best, most awesome future. I don't eliminate the disease in the future, but I do imagine it being managed in the most healthy way. Um, So for me... Uh, this is my my positive vision is that we get my husband to be as stable as he can be and we get him in a job that's a little more suited for his needs and I for me that includes having my own business and having him be my business part partner and giving him the opportunity to do things he's really excited about and 
have have us be able to parent a little more equally like you work half the day I work half the day you take the kids half the day I take them half the day and the kind of financial freedom that that would give us and the the flexibility of if he ever needed to be hospitalized again that's fine because I can take over while things while he's in the hospital so I just imagine what would be the best possible scenario for us and in my scenario my husband is still there and I'm still married to him maybe maybe that's not the way it is with you maybe you think about it and your fantasy is being alone and not having them there I don't know so if that looks good to you that's definitely something to think about so I think we do need to be realists and dreamers at the same time and when I say that it's it's just that idea of we we don't make the disease go away because that's that's probably not realistic if some miracle happens then wonderful I would love to hear about that but so the disease is still there but it's being managed in the most healthy way possible and what does that allow you to do in your life and what kinds of things do you dream of doing and love to do but just haven't had time because of how all-consuming this whole process has been. So I felt like I rambled a lot today, but I again, I just wanted to release something else out to show you that I'm not quitting and that there's going to be more. And I would love to hear from a lot of you. I have heard from quite a few people who are considering sharing their stories, and I think people are hesitant because it's very emotional. So it's just like, oh, I don't even want to go there. It's kind of just nice to forget about it and tuck it away. And of course, I respect everyone, and you don't have to share unless you want to. But I will say, I think you will find it a very positive experience if you do. And I've gotten some feedback, and it's just really amazing to know that you positively impacted someone else. I'm not saying my impacts were huge, but it's pretty cool being able to reach people in that personal way so i hope you all have a great day again the email for the podcast is mentalhealthmarriage at gmail.com shoot me an email with comments or questions or your story i'd love to hear from you all take care